Genetic testing helps to estimate your chance of developing cancer in your lifetime by searching for specific changes in your genes, chromosomes or proteins. But it's not advisable for everyone to undertake genetic testing. To help understand who should get genetic testing, what exactly a strong family history means and how you can get tested, we sat down with cancer geneticist Associate Professor Judy Kirk from the Familiar Cancer Service at Westmead Hospital. Genetic testing is, um, it, it comes in various forms, um, but what we're talking about today really is looking for a mistake in a gene that causes a high risk of breast and ovarian cancer within a family. And so that's testing that's done on blood um, in a family with a pretty strong family history of breast cancer usually, where we would test, we start by testing an affected family member first, usually a woman with who's had either breast or ovarian cancer, and we serve a number of different genes to try and find a fault or a mutation that's passed down through the family that causes that high risk. Um, and when we do that, there are a number of different genes that we can test. And the ones that I talked about mainly today um, that are in relation to breast cancer, uh, two genes we've known about for now for over 20 years. One of them is called BRCA1, the breast cancer 1 gene. The other is called BRCA2, the breast cancer 2 gene. And more recently it's been found that mutations in another gene known as PALB B2 also cause a higher risk of breast cancer. So those are the genes that are routinely tested first when you're trying to ascertain the cause of breast and ovarian cancer in a family. Um, I also spoke about some other genes which are related to breast cancer. There's a few different ones, TP53 and P10, that cause quite unique features in a family. And so generally, um, we, we, we don't necessarily test those other genes unless there's a specific indication for that, where the family history leads us away from the usual culprits. So when you're testing families with breast and ovarian cancer, only a small number have a gene fault that causes causes it and usually it's in a gene such as BRCA1, BRCA2 or PALB2. So these are normal genes that we've all got but some people have a mistake in that gene that causes the problem. So typically people who do get this testing done have you what you say a strong family history. What's considered a strong family history? Well generally um, it's three or more affected family members but there are other features you know all on one side of the family. Um, if people are looking for information about this uh, EVQ is a very good resource that talks about the sorts of people not so much who are eligible for genetic testing but for whom genetic testing might help the sorts of families however having said that you know often we look for a family history sometimes people don't know their family or their family's all male so they won't have a as strong a family history so there are other things that we might look for and they would include early age at breast cancer diagnosis um, the presence of triple negative breast cancer in a young woman less than 50 um, uh, things like ovarian cancer specifically high grade um, invasive epithelial ovarian cancer most most women with that type of cancer are now offered a genetic test um, and increasingly those tests have been covered up until now the cost of those testing where it's likely to be useful has been covered by the state health departments at public genetics clinics but from November 2017 there have been some Medicare item numbers um, specifically uh, for testing those genes BRCA1, BRCA2 and a couple of other genes um, 
usually in an affected family member to try and find the cause first and then once you've found the gene mutation that's caused the problem those Medicare item numbers cover that what's called the predictive testing of other family members to see if they've got that faulty gene or not and as a consequence of that then the people with the faulty gene uh, say let's say BRCA1 would start their breast cancer screening from 30 they usually start it in um, a risk management clinic where the special expertise um, the availability of breast MRI for screening rather than simply mammogram and ultrasound and of course those women are also given the opportunity of having risk reducing surgery for the breast tissue which is taken up by you know, maybe about 30% of high-risk women. Many choose to have screening. Uh, but I think the more important thing is that these women, if they have a BRCA1 or BRCA2 mutation, are also at very high risk of ovarian cancer. There is no screening test for that. And so once they've finished their family, by about age 40, um, the, the best approach at the moment is to remove the ovaries and fallopian tubes. And that is the single most important thing that saves lives in these families. So very important to identify these women because we can save lives from cancer if we look after them appropriately. Um, so I guess people go and they get that uh, BRCA1 or 2 test. Um, it'll come up, sometimes comes up negative, but there is that strong family history. You said that there's other indicators that you that are there that you'll go test for these other gene mutations. What are those indicators? What would push you to ha- further test these uh, patients? Okay. Well, remembering that the genetic testing usually starts with an affected family member rather than the unaffected family member. If that affected family member with breast cancer, for example, has black spots around their mouth and a history of terrible polyps you know which have been problematic from childhood we would know that that person probably has a mutation in a completely different gene STK11 that causes that problem of Pertziegas syndrome it's called um, where there is a high risk of breast cancer but they've usually presented earlier because of polyps and and, and even the, the spots around their mouth um, another example would be that for a family where there's a, a problem in a gene called p53 there's often a different looking family history it might involve early breast cancer even in the 20s but often a, a really a devastating history of childhood cancers multiple cancers in the same person unusual and young cancers so it's very important to take a full family family history um, for all different sorts of cancers and then try and put together the picture so that you can work out which genes are most appropriate to test. Um, so obviously the, the process starts with testing somebody who has breast cancer. It, does it fall maybe through the, uh, the father's side, the mother's side? Is there any... Is it more common on one side, I guess? Well, the answer to that is definitely not. So that um, very often it's distressing to hear people who say, oh, yes, they didn't worry about my family history because it's on my dad's side. But actually it's equally important. And so while we don't add the two sides of the family together, we always take the mum's side, we always take the dad's side, and in a way we act on the side that looks more worrisome. Obviously, as Ibsy pointed out, you, ha- you test the person affected by breast cancer um, first. first. Mm. What if there isn't somebody? What if, um, you know, it's a daughter who've lost their mother? Mm. Are they able to go get screened? Uh, they are. That testing is generally not so much covered by the system. Um, that would be an out-of-pocket expense, but much less so than it used to be for that sort of testing. Um, the thing is, if you find nothing in that woman, <clears throat> that's quite reassuring, but you still don't know... 
whether there is a genetic fault in the family. And so perhaps that young woman would be tested, but you know, then her sisters are no better off. And the, each sister would have to have that genetic testing in order to reassure themselves about themselves and their family. So if you can, it's wisest to do it in the way I explained. But of course, sometimes um, we don't have that opportunity. And so a person can have a genetic test. That more gives information rather than just for themselves than for the broader family. How do people get these tests in, in that situation? Do they need a referral? Are you getting a lot of people just you know calling up being like, I, I'd like this test? No, surprisingly we don't. Um, unfortunately, I mean, GPs don't know a lot about these things and so um, there are guidelines about who should be referred, where genetic testing is likely to be useful in the first instance. Um, most of this genetic testing is done through specialist clinics, either private or public, um, and the genetic testing is covered by the system, either Medicare or by the state health departments, where it's quite likely that we'll find something perhaps an over 10% chance that we're going to find something. If the chance is less than that, it tends not to be covered by the system and in that case the patient can pay for that testing. Again, usually done through a specialist so that they, specialist family cancer service, so that they understand the limitations of the testing in that circumstance and the implications for insurance and for other family members, etc. So they're fully informed um, before the testing about you know, what could be expected, what genes are going to be tested and what would be the impact of finding something or finding nothing in some situations. That was Associate Professor Judy Kirk from Westmead Hospital's Familiar Cancer Service. If you'd like to learn more about breast cancer trials or you'd like to support our life-saving research, follow us on social media or visit our website at breastcancertrials.org.au.